Are you a communist? Things in Beansville. Are you a Black Lives Matter supporter? All lives matter. No, I think Joe Biden, Black Lives Matter. Racist, homophobic, oh, the patriarchy, <laughs> it's making America great. Happiness and freedom. Let's make sure that we are not racist. If all this money is gonna let me. Welcome to American Surveyor, hosted by Pickthall. I am Pickthall, and today our guest is Record America. She's the very first guest on this show, and she's about to pop up on the screen um, as soon as I admit her from the waiting room. Uh, Record America is a First Amendment auditor and constitutional compliance specialist. According to her YouTube page, it says, Record America produces objective public records about the United States of America its people, principles, landscapes, and government. Uh, without further ado, here she is, Record America. Hello. American Surveyor, how are you doing? I'm doing, I'm doing good, how are you? Pretty good, you're, you're my number one guest. Oh, thank you, that's an honor. Really glad about that. Yeah, so you're a First Amendment auditor. Yeah, yeah, so. What does that mean? Well, it means that I go around and I go testing. I go around bypassing uh, constitutional rights, I guess. You go around and you test them? You test your own <laughs> rights? Yeah, well, well, it's not really around. It's just I don't go walking with a camera and see if people are going to respect. Usually, I choose a place and then I go to that place. I look at their reviews and then I, I read their policy and then I go there. Hmm. So. In, in, um, in short terms, what do you actually do? Um, what do you mean? Like I mean, to, to I mean, literally, what do you do? Um, I go to a place, which is a place. I go there and I wander around, kind of showing the place. I try to be very polite and curious ask questions, but in a really, um, I would say soft way. I'm not trying to be confrontational in any way and genuine questions too. And that's it, I record them, whatever reaction they have, and I publish on the internet. If they did good, I publish. If they did bad, I publish. I might follow up if they did bad. Yes, I've seen um, a lot of your videos, as you might imagine, and I'd like to actually talk to you about your style compared to others in the genre. But I'm looking here at, at your YouTube channel, and it says the channel was founded in, in March 2018, um, so that it's over two years old now. And yeah. Has 200,000 views and um, 7,000 7, subscribers, just over 7,000 subscribers. So I'm sure you don't mind me saying that that's a pretty small. Um, following you have there yeah oh oh if i don't mind is that a question okay that's a question yeah <laughs> so what i think um one thing that interesting the public and that interesting or that youtube wants is consistency and i don't publish every week i don't publish every day i barely publish every month i would like to but i just don't have the time so when I have off time from my work, I get a time and then I go and try to do some audits. 
but if I don't, I'm not gonna ask a day off or miss a day of work, of paid work to do videos. I would love to be able to, but I'm not. Mm -hmm. Are you the only um, Brazilian First Amendment it, auditor? Are you the only Latina know. female First Amendment auditor? Or? As long as, the thing is like there is so many people getting in the general and it's so fast and I don't get to follow everybody up. Mm. Um, usually like the people that I watch the most, I keep watching the most. Um, but I guess so right now, but if there is other Brazilians, I think they should just get in the, the calls and start recording. I think there's, um, there's a couple other, uh, couple other immigrants including keeping him liable i'm not sure where he's from i think he's from the middle east um i know i'm i know i'm gonna be missing somebody now here for sure but but what is it like constitutional auditing um and i guess trying to push for these american values to be respected uh being you know not a u.s citizen um so Usually I feel lots of anxiety because I'm afraid that they will use that against me to apply for the U.S. citizen to be able to apply. They're going to classify me as something. So I feel a little anxiety. So I try to be uh, double polite, double informed, um, have double the knowledge that I need to go. I'm not very articulate, I feel like, with my English. So I also try to play dumb. Even if I know that I can't stay there, I might not really say, no, I can't stay here. Mm. I would just, what? What do you mean? What are you saying? Um, I don't know how I would be for other Brazilians or other immigrants, but I feel like this is my English. I don't want to get in trouble. So instead of trying to cause trouble, I try to play them. And I just think the American Constitution is beautiful. And when I got to learn and understand all the rights that unfortunately we don't have in Brazil, I thought it would be interesting to practice here. That, that is a quote that someone says that a right not exercised is a right that you lost or you lose something like that. And I'm like, we don't have those rights in Brazil. So I, 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 I wanna make sure that my kids, when they're born here, they will still have the same rights that I have now. Uh, it's kind of a use them or lose them, you know. Use or lose them, yeah. Like if you don't use a muscle, then it atrophies and it becomes weak. Mm-hmm. So, exactly. so, so are you an early adopter to these constitutional principles? How did you find out about this? Did you want to come to America because of these principles, or uh, what's what's your story in general um, from Brazil to the United States? What's your path that you came on? So the feeling that I have, if I stop to think, I used to think America was bad, bad, bad capitalists, bad people, I don't know, cold people. And then, but I was a TV producer in Brazil and I needed to learn English. So I came in an exchange as an au pair to be a nanny, pretty much, a cheap nanny. <laughs> and that's it, I did that for two years. And I, at the time I met someone and then, then things happened and then I stayed here. Um, and with this exchange kind of on this two year period, it, I changed my mind. I'm like, oh no, wait, 
that's actually really good to live here. It's a lot of freedom. It's the, live, the freedom of market. You can go and buy whatever you want. Being a nanny that may re, um, really feel money, it doesn't make a lot of money at all. I think by law, it's $200, something like that. I got to travel around. I got to buy an iPhone. What in Brazil took me, being a TV producer, took me way longer to buy. To buy an um, iPhone. To buy an iPhone, yeah. At the time, it was iPhone 3. Here, I think I got the iPhone 5, my first iPhone that I got. So you just start like getting, wow, things are very good here. That's what I don't get when people are like, oh, it's bad. Like American people. And American people say that the United States is bad. I'm like, no, you don't know what you're talking about. Have you been out of here to start with? Because if you haven't, you don't know what you're talking about. And anyway, so then... I had other plans, but then I met someone and love is love. I decided to stay and try my life here. And so far, so good. And he introduced me to auditing. At first, I thought, mm, that's weird. Are people trying to cause troubles? Because I think that's the first impression of everyone. And that's why I try to be so polite on my videos. And hey, I'm not trying to cause troubles. It's totally the opposite, see? Um, more as a, a little so people can get in like oh this girl is not trying to cause trouble and then they might understand better what the other auditors are doing too and that's it it's how i got caught up yeah so in, ter in terms of causing trouble you're particularly polite and like really um i guess sweetly spoken in your videos is that what you mean by you're not trying to cause trouble i mean and and also, what what sort of trouble do you see being caused? You know, like when you say you see other people causing trouble, what exactly are you talking about? Because you're not well, you're not talking about the camera. Yeah, no camera. Yeah, I don't really see people causing trouble, but everyone has a different style. Some people will shout at the cops and will say bad words. If I get really mad, I might say it too, because you know, no one will see me mad. But um, I try to be. It's just my logic is if I go to a place and I'm literally a small Roman, I'm not a fighter or anything, and I just have a camera, and if they feel threatened by me, the problem is not really me. It's the camera. The problem is not the person shouting bad words. It's the camera. And they're just making up excuses. So I feel like that my style is kind of a, and then treat to the general and the people are like, oh, so she was so polite. And then they might understand that it's not about being polite or not. It's not about causing trouble or not. It's the camera. It's public employees that don't know what they're doing and they don't know the law. That's how I feel. Um, what about the public? You know, the public, um, they, they act pretty badly as well. They're pretty ignorant of the law as well. Do you see a difference between the public employees that you're testing and the actual members of the public that don't work for the government? So how I feel about the public is like, um, I try to respect more their space. So if they ask me, oh, please don't film me. Usually I try not even film them. I'm not interested in them anyways. I'm not trying to pass the public. Furry potato is great for that. If you guys want to see passing, passing public, go to her because she does furry all the time potato. and it's great. Yeah. But Do you watch a lot of furry potato? I love furry potato. Furry potato is like on my top. Maybe 
it used to be three, now I think it's five favorite auditors. So um, yeah, I think she's great, but I don't do that because I feel very almost ashamed because they are citizens, I'm not. So I don't want them to feel uncomfortable, even though I know it's my right, but it's not my, my goal. My goal is to pass public employees, is to see if they are doing their work, is to see if they know the law because they are there to serve the public. So, yeah. but that is a difference. Sometimes they, they feel uncomfortable. I have asked to um, turn the camera off or, and I just try to politely say, well, I'm, I'm not filming you. I'm trying to do something else. And most of the time it's okay. So, um, are you a communist? No, but I think I can't say that I used to say. Huh? <laughs> when I was a teenager, I used to be a communist. I used to think that, <coughs> I'm sorry. I used to think, oh, I, will, I need water. Can you give me <coughs> two seconds? Oh. But I need to say that when I was a teenager, I used to flirt with the idea of being a communist. I thought that the communist system was like the solution that, yeah, let's everybody have houses and everybody will have food. I used to think, uh, <laughs> when I look back, I think I was brainwashed at high school um communism and socialism so and now i'm like no that's that's not a good idea guys let's stop they, they actively train you to like communism do they actually say the word communism do they say the word socialism in school yeah so in at school in high school i learned the systems i learned about capitalism and i learned about um, socialism and communism, I didn't learn that on the wars for, for communism, lots, tons, um, millions of people died. This I don't remember learning. But maybe I wasn't that good a student. No, I was. So, but I do remember um, the teachers talking and there was a teacher, teachers that would wear Jacobite shirts mm -hmm. that died with like a, a little star on their heads. And there was a party, the workers party, that is very pro-communism that my family votes for. And then I used to like, yeah, no, they need to um, be the president and change our lives. But very brainwashed, very like it wasn't clear really what it was like, rich people are bad. Um, CEOs of big companies are bad, bad people. So that was the type of that. That's why I think too that I thought that the United States was a bad place and it was all about capitalism and I don't wanna go there. I never really had the dream to come here because I thought it was such a bad place. Thanks gosh, I came. <laughs> right. So, so you don't, you didn't like look at the values of the United States and see it as the land of opportunity and think to yourself, I want to come to the United States and take advantage of um, this so-called land of opportunity. You didn't think that to yourself at all. You pretty much thought the United States was a bad place and that you ended up coming here just because English I needed to learn English English uh, yeah that I had a really bad English I still have but now it's better before it was like <laughs> it's pretty good I can understand I can understand what you're saying oh thank you but then again I know you yeah so um <laughs> What should we talk about next? Whatever you want to 
Yes. <clears throat> Black Lives Matter and the different events that are going on around the country, the different protests. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Are you a Black Lives Matter supporter? Are we going to catch you on the corner with the sign or are you going to be getting your feet washed anytime soon? <laughs> uh, so in Brazil, I'm Black. In Brazil, I'm Black. My grandma's Black. Um, and then when I got here, I learned very recently though that I'm not Black, <laughs> that I'm brown. So for me, this movement, this Black Lives Matter movement, to start with is like trying to separate people, not to unite people. <laughs> and no, you're not gonna see me on Black Lives Matter. Probably in the past, I have posted some pictures like, oh, Black Lives Matter, Black Power. But I had no idea of like their craziness, you know? Uh, if there is a thing that I wanna do that I haven't done yet, it's since I'm, I'm just brown if I say something because then they will realize that I'm Latina. But if I don't say, they might think I can might get away being black. I'm gonna have um, All Lives Matter um, little paper on my car. And when I see protests, because there is always protests on my way here in Seattle when I go around of like three or four white people on the sidewalk, like Black Lives Matter, Black Lives. And I'm gonna put that like the, the All Lives Matter paper, like All Lives Matter just to piss them i'm kind of like a little troll sometimes so but yeah, yeah no you know, part of the movement as i already told you um i've got kicked out of black lives matter you know um when black lives matter first started in 2012 2013 i was a supporter of it because i was concerned about police violence and i wasn't necessarily concerned well i was concerned about black people being particularly targeted but i wasn't as concerned as the people you see now i was still very concerned i was mostly concerned about just police violence in general mm -hmm. and i went to go talk at these rallies because i happen to know a lot about it and i try to talk to them and they actively discriminated against me because of the color of my skin and when it happened probably one or two years prior i probably I would have been like, oh, white privilege and, you know, white people have done all this stuff. And so therefore I'm gonna, of course, I'm gonna not be able to speak because I want other voices to be um, heard. When they, when interviewers approach white people at these events and ask them questions, some of them will say, you know, we're not actually talking. We don't have a voice out here. I need to talk to someone who's black. You need to talk to someone who's brown. Um, and I would have been like that a couple of years prior, but in 2013, when this Black Lives Matter thing started, I was over at the University of Washington and they were, they didn't have a lot of speakers lined up to speak. They didn't have black people before me, but when I came up to speak, they started looking for people to speak before me. They, they wanted to discriminate against me based on my race. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, it, it's this, it was this very uh, retributive feeling, you know, like that I was going to be now targeted because of my race. And that's the first time I ever experienced it. I tried to speak there a couple of times and it never worked out. And uh, well, I mean, I actually did get to speak a couple of times, but they were pretty much rude about it, you know? And uh, yeah, so I left, I left Black Lives Matter. And uh, at that time, I didn't even know they were funded by all these 
left-wing organizations. Yeah. And all their money will go to candidates. Oh, the money you donate. Yeah, the money. Yeah, if you donate money to Black Lives Matter, they don't help Black communities. The money goes to, like, I don't know, um, Bernie, Hillary, Joe Biden. So. Yeah, so I take it you're, even though you don't support Black Lives Matter, you definitely support Joe Biden for president. <laughs> no, I don't. You're not a Joe <laughs> Biden supporter? No, no, I think Joe Biden, he needs a friend. He needs his kids to say, Dad, don't do that. You are not going to do that. It's like, you know, your time is over. It's time to stay home at our ranch, at our farm. Maybe they're just afraid that Joe Biden might see their, his grandkids and that he doesn't realize that his grandkids and might be his grandkids in danger. I don't know. Gross, but possible. So I don't know. I don't know why nobody tried to stop him yet. It's their last hope. Their last hope is a person with dementia, a pedophile with dementia. Yeah, it's it's pretty sad, you know. Like, I pretty much agree with that. I mean, <laughs> it's just what is this? You know what I mean? Like, are are do they expect people to buy this? And uh, definitely doesn't this guy have somebody that cares about him you know like when you really just think about it on a human level they got this guy up there and he has supposedly has a whole family and friends and a whole life that he's lived and he has not one person that's like hey uh joe you know you're making a fool of yourself every time you go out in public you're not equipped you see the way trump talks about him trump talks about him like like with kid gloves, like he wants to say the truth about him that he basically has dementia and that he's he's uh, unfit, but he feels bad about doing it, and he's supposed to run yeah. against him, you know. But uh, it's pretty sad that he, it's pretty sad he would be the candidate. Yeah, it so, is sad. He he's not really the Black Lives Matter candidate. You wouldn't think if if like Black Lives Matter seems to have all this power and influence, they're getting all these. Uh, they're getting all these endorsements from these different corporations and you would think they would be able to control which candidate they would want in office. And it doesn't seem like that they would want Joe Biden. It seemed like they would. They don't get to control. That's the thing. They don't get to control. It's not they're choosing anyone. They're not helping their own communities. Do you really think they're going to pick someone that has their best interesting, interested, interest? I don't know. So it's like, did you see Joe Biden say that if black people don't vote for me, then they're not black? Like, yeah. uh, uh, all right. Like, please don't black. black. Please don't vote. Uh, he's the owner of all blacks. Didn't you know yeah. that? Yeah. It's like he's the owner. Exactly. He's the yeah. owner. He's the master. We need to follow him because he must be right. Like, wow. Never, we'll never think about that. I need to vote for him. But I don't vote. So I'm safe. I'm still black in Brazil, at least. So you're saying that, oh, you're saying that you're, you're, black in brazil but you're not black here can you expand on that a little bit well because i'm i don't know people told me that i'm brown here because i'm not black i didn't was i wasn't born here so i guess that since i also have an heritage heritage of black people being trapped trapped or so they're whatever you want to call trafficked. Trapped, trafficked 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 
trafficked? Yeah, that thing from Africa being commercialized um, a couple hundred years ago. And well, then turns out I'm not black enough because I was born in Latin America. But it's just a way to separate more people. Although I'm fine, I'm, being, I'm, I'm black, my grandma's is black, but my parents are more Latin colors. So I think by definition, I will be mixed anyways. And it's, I'm fine with, I, I don't want to be, I, if they don't consider me black here, I'm, I'm now I'm glad about because I was reading stuff about um, uh, white values and how white people was being trained in Seattle to not be so white to don't oppress black people. So if you are always on time, don't do that. If you have, I don't know, I can't even remember, but like if you are objective, if you are, if you plan your future, if you are wise with money, don't do that because black people don't do that. So we shouldn't be doing. So they don't feel bad, you know, they can feel part of our group of losers. Uh, no, thank you. If that's what black people are doing here, I'm glad that I'm not called black then because I don't feel, I feel nothing like them, always on time. I'm super good with money. I try to save my money. I work hard for my money. Um, I'm objective. Um, I love Anne Rand. People should be reading her. I'm going to start like distributing her books for people because that's it. That's the, the way it's uh, work hard and have self-esteem be responsible make plans that's it yeah and rand yeah some people say i rand and rand i like i rand but now i'm already got used to and rand so you like and, and it's with i rand yeah some people say i rand and some people say and on the interview with, on the interviews that i have watched watched it's ein. Okay. All right. I like saying and because I can say that. Yeah. And. Right. So, so you're into Anne Rand. Yeah. What is that like? <laughs> well, it's kind of like. It's almost like a wake up. You know, I think I was already pretty into her philosophy before. I just didn't know exactly how my, my way of life will be seen or will get on the right path, like how I could call that. But now I can see that it was all, that it's all applied on her philosophy. I don't agree like 100% on, on her views. She was pro-abortion and um and she cheated her husband so that those are values that i don't agree with but was her life so she did what she did doesn't take the merit of her awesome work and awesome philosophy and way to see life and it's pretty i i, I was already doing it in my life and now it's just like i'm doing it i'm preaching it i'm i'm just more even applied and more applied mm. So, so how does Anne Rand or the, the principles of, what would you call it, Randyism? Randism? No, no. If you say that to her, she'll be upset. <laughs> it's so objectivism. It, uh, objectivism. So yeah. how do the, the, the values or principles of objectivism 
applied to constitutional auditing or where do you see inroads when it comes to constitutional auditing? Well, first you thought that uh, taxation is theft. Let's <laughs> just put this there. Uh, th taxation is theft. Yeah, because she, she thought that if you worked for the money, the money is yours. Nobody should come and take. And that's it. That's the end. Oh, but like we, we have this to finance, we have this to, to have a society running. Okay, so let's ask someone, let's ask someone to, let's see if people want to donate for this. Oh, we need to keep the police department running. Who's interested in keeping the police department running? Oh, thank you. So let's keep running with the donations of the public. If you want to donate your money, great. But don't make people just give the money like that. I pay over $200 in taxes per week. I could make so much stuff with this. I will save all this money actually. I will not spend, but like, and we do get structure that streets and coffees and schools and then and then, but like, um, I would like to choose what I'm giving the money to. I want to give the money to libraries. I want to give the money to um, support for, um, pro-life clinics or whatever um but yeah not the case so, so uh, apply it in, in constitution on constitutional audits you ask it um uh, she was all about she say that if there well, is not law, necessarily on constitutional audits but just in, just in terms of in terms of the constitution in terms of the principles of america and the values of america do you see inroads with with her philosophy of objectivism? Yeah, so she loved America. She knew that America was the land of the free. Is that right? The land of the free, the land of freedom. And she she was an advocate for freedom. Freedom, happiness, all, all, all the men have the right to happiness and freedom. But to achieve right, right, happiness, you need to work hard. You need to build your self-esteem. You know, it's just to work uh, that you can build your self-esteem and through the self-esteem you can achieve happiness um so yeah although I guess she was a huge supporter i think she got some of her philosophy based on the constitutional because she thought she saw that we might be losing stuff like with the government trying to control companies and this was dangerous since she used to live on communist russia and she saw she suffered True. So she was, she was an advocate of individuality. Yes. Right. And she was an advocate against altruism and for selfishness. Oh, yes. Totally against altruism. She said that altruism was like bullshit, uh, was immoral. Um, she was an uh, advocate of um, reason. You need to do stuff with reason. So if you need to decide something, use your reason. Don't go emotionally about stuff. Don't try to, and don't be thinking like, oh, oh, nothing about collective. That is no, um, she has a saying that she says that the, um, the um, I'm not gonna remember, I think the most, the, the, the minorities, the individual, something like that. I can, I can send later a new point of the video, maybe you know. Yeah, um, it's um, the largest the minority, minority on, earth. on earth is the individual. 
the, the largest minority, minority is the individual. Yeah, so I think that says a lot. If you cannot like, it's something like that. It's like the individual is the. It's, it's basically the individual the, is the ultimate minority. Yeah. Yeah, and she used to say like you cannot help a, co a collective people if the individual individuality of someone mm -hmm. it's not secure if the rights individual rights of someone it's not present that is not collective rights. No collective rights. Yeah, so we are talking about the Black Lives Matter. Like I don't think that all black people agree with black lives matter but everybody's kind of on the same block you know maybe someday i'm gonna be walking on the street and someone's gonna kneel and kiss my shoes someone's gonna <laughs> kneel and kiss your shoes <laughs> because they were like oh it's a black person i might give some ten dollars to her so she feels repaired maybe around seattle you could be lucky if you if you uh you know just went out with like a t-shirt or something you know, you yeah, I, I already feel that I'm, an, I'm a, a leading edge advantage sometimes because I'm dark skin, I'm a girl, I'm an immigrant. So if I go to some places, people will be like, in Seattle, oh, let's make sure that we are not racist. Let's make sure we are not, I don't know, sexist or whatever. It's yeah. Pretty weird. What, you're saying that the people treat you better because <laughs> you're, you're an immigrant or because you're, you're brown or, or what? I think I got treated better because I'm an immigrant and um, brown and a woman and cute. <laughs> you get treated better because you're cute. Yeah. That's, um, you know, that's, that's real privilege right there. That's a privilege nobody talks about. Yeah, but I'm just cute here. I'm not cute in Brazil, so I need to take advantage of this. You're cute here, but not in Brazil. Yeah, because in Brazil... In Brazil, people like, um, so here I'm not like all other American girls that are skinny and uh, white, blonde hair. So I'm different. So I think that takes more attention and people think, and I have a big smile too and I'm always smiling. And I think that takes, um, makes me more cute or cuter. And in Brazil, I'm just like any other girl. Everybody there, it's pretty much, not everybody, everybody, but a lot of people are brown, a lot of people, we're always smiling, we're happy people, so. So the next thing I want to move on to is what I, it's a little bit good. So the next thing I want to move on to is what's on everyone's mind. Um, why aren't you wearing a mask? And what do you think about the invisible enemy that we're all battling? Why I'm, I'm not wearing a mask right now? I'm kidding, but yeah. Why aren't you wearing a mask right now? You know some people wear them indoors. It's, I know. I was walking down the, the alleyway um, behind the building the other day and I saw some people inside their uh, apartment building and they, they were sitting on a couch the other person was like on a stool and they're sitting in the living room and they both had masks on and they're sitting there talking to each other like a friend came over to visit another friend and so they both put on their masks and they sat next to each other and had a conversation yeah that's not smart i was reading someone posted about 
some society like American society or whatever and then they were saying that um, those cloth masks that everybody's using because everybody decided I was trying to buy a sewing machine so I could learn how to sew but they, they're all sold out because I think everybody bought them to make masks mm -hmm. and now that it's all those cloth masks they're not even efficient so if you put them you even have the risk to get sick because they will trap um, humidity and then this is the perfect place to a virus um to spread and stay there all comfy or bacteria or something like that and yeah, then you might you know, the, the, those cloths cloth those little short circuit there yeah you know those cloth masks they they're not effective like you said but and also people are touching them all the time like if yeah. you see, just watch anybody wearing a mask and they're touching the mask constantly. They're wearing it below their nose and they're probably infecting themselves. It seemed like you're, <laughs> like the risk could go up. But uh, there was one day, one day that I saw a cop with the one mask. He was like doing whatever with his partner and the, he had the mask under his nose. And I almost went there like, hey, your mask is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> this should be a current. We need to have a Karen type of Karen name for black people or brown people. <laughs> no, because usually it's just like white women, middle-aged, divorced with kids, something like that. It needs to be like Latasha, Natasha, Latisha. I never, I never um, thought of it as being a white woman. Oh, I always, I always thought. I always thought of it as being a very entitled woman. Like um, a middle-aged, entitled woman. I think the white got added on later. Uh, yeah. Well, anyways, but yeah, I thought about going there and saying something, but I didn't. It's just, I wear masks um, at my work. I'm required to. And I don't like it. I do it because I want to keep my job. <laughs> I like my payment. So <laughs> that's what I do. But yeah, I don't, I don't wear it when I go out, when I... I'm at the beach, I see people at the beach sitting down, getting sun with masks, and I'm just like, what a bunch of crazy people. Swimming just, with masks. Yeah, and I even posted about this on my personal Instagram, and I lost some friends, because they're just, well, friends. You <laughs> like, posted about people wearing masks at the beach and lost friends because of that? Yeah, I was just saying, like, guys, and I didn't say, like, because they felt that I was, like, um, making lies about the virus. I have a friend that recently died. He got coronavirus. It wasn't because coronavirus, he was already with a really bad health, with some health problems. And the coronavirus just maybe accelerated. Um, and it's very sad. He was really young. He was 28 years old. So well, that's, that's really sad. Yeah, I'm not saying that the virus is not real. But I don't think I am gonna, if I get the virus, I don't think I'm gonna die. My health is very good. I have no, um, I don't know, healthy stuff that they say that if you do, you might like, I have no pneumonia, I have, you know, stuff like that, I don't have it. So I'm not really concerned. You um, don't have ammonia, so you're not concerned. And ammonia, yeah, bad thing. So it's just, it's upsetting that it's out there. And I think people there are um, fragile 
that they might get sick, they should stay home. Stay home, you know, get your neighbor to go do groceries for you. I will go do groceries for any neighbor that needs to stay home if they need to stay home. But I don't think it makes sense to to have healthy people stay at home for something that is, I think the rates of like people dying 0.01%. It's more dangerous to get in the car than to, to get to die from coronavirus. You know, you have more chances to die driving your car down the street than um, from getting coronavirus. I wish I could just get coronavirus. I really do. If there was someone like, hey, I have coronavirus, like, please cough on my face so I can get this. I can get, I can build my immunity and be over in two weeks, you know? Um, I don't know, or I might die, but that's it too, because we are living to die. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's, that's the end. People are going to die, and that is nothing that we can really do. It's an unfortunate for everybody that is dying. I wish it wasn't like this, but it's so that's what I posted on my social media. I said, like, guys, that's all suspicious. I think it's about control. People are trying to control in Brazil. If you go out of the street, just go out and about by yourself, you're going to get, like, a ticket. Like, 500 reais. That is probably $100 for you for us. So we can go to, we can get tickets there, but not Brazilians. Brazilians, 500 reais, it's, like, would be the same as $500 for us here. It's too much money. You don't have this she's spending tickets because you forgot your mask if you were if you get caught driving the, driving for me was even ugh, if you're driving on your car I, I don't know if by yourself but if you have someone else with you you get a ticket it's just like what else are they gonna do just in name of safety it's it's weird it's very weird it's weird times and I think it's even worse when I just say that publicly to my friends and I thought that everybody was very thoughtful and had the minimum of critical thinking, but they just decided to block me or not be friends with me anymore. It's a little upsetting since I have been living for so long, far from them. So I feel that I'm losing them, but I might just want them to, to go because if people cannot think by themselves, they're going to be the first ones to like, yeah, to be altruists and for a name of the collective, the, the collective um, shut down stuff and give all the power to someone that is doing good so yeah they, they want to um, keep everybody afraid you know and they always use safety they always use safety to manipulate people it probably started before 9-11 but that's when I became socially and politically aware not all the way aware just a little bit and then I could see right away they were that they wanted to use 9-11 to um, try to take people's freedoms away. And I noticed that's a reoccurring pattern, you know. That's sort of the idea behind, you know, the people in the yellow vest or whatever. They, that They'll look for any reason to take freedom away, and they always use safety. You know, yeah. they can take your life away for safety. Yeah. Yeah, in Brazil, we don't have the rights to bear a gun. So you cannot have a gun and the people voted for that to happen. I think they lost, but somehow the politicians spin this around and, and like the crime is like crazy there. I got assaulted, robbed like twice that, that I can't remember. I got robbed twice and 
what is all the safety that I thought we will have if we don't have guns anymore here? So it's the opposite. It's just, it's the name of safety, but what they really want, it's control. And I think that's really dangerous. And again, I'm not saying the, the virus is not real. It is real, it's very real, but I don't think it's that dangerous. I don't think a mask is gonna protect you. Uh, and if you are in the group of risk, stay at home, call to a neighbor, ask your daughter, ask a, a cousin, a, a nephew or a niece to go in the groceries for you if you can go out because yeah, it's deadly. But it's not deadly for someone that it's health and it's fine you know it's just it's just a little flu not even flu it's just a little cold so so you've been disarmed in brazil the population has been disarmed suppose the population was armed mm -hmm. i mean what what kind of uh, gun um violence what kind of gun death rate does brazil have now and what do you think if the population was armed? Do you think for a lot of uh, a lot of violence by gun shot? Um, so I I don't really know um, the numbers because I don't know I don't know, but I know that it's higher than Chicago. So um, if gun I think Chicago has the Chicago? highest number, okay. yeah. If I'm not wrong, it's higher than Chicago, and yeah, yeah we don't have guns there, and. I don't know how it would be if we had guns. Everybody that I say that about my friends, uh, we've, I talk to, um, to my friends about that, they say like, no, because Brazilian people they don't have um, the capacity, they don't have the knowledge, they don't have this. And then I stop and I'm like, you realize you're talking that about yourself because you're Brazilian too, right? And they're like, yeah, no, you know what I mean? Like, I know that my father, I know that I would do good, but we can trust some people because people are crazy. And I'm like, well, that goes to the bad people with guns too. So now just cops have guns in Brazil and most of them are corrupted. So they have all the power. Um, I know that they will go to the favelas. Favelas are like really poor regions in Brazil. And they will shoot to that to kill. They will shoot to kill. There will that there will be shootings um, in places like um, bad people, like robbers, traffic traffickers, like people that deal with dealers. Mm -hmm. Dealers will getting like kind of wars with the cops and civilians. They're living there will get shot and might die. Lots of kids get shot every once in a while, and that's very sad. And of course that we need to like do something with this um traffic going on in brazil the dealers going on in brazil but the problem is just like that it was the one guy that was running for president and he's rich he's from a family of um, politicians in brazil and he had an helicopter that fell down and they found coke on his helicopter it was full of coke it wasn't a package it wasn't like maybe he dropped his package of coke there that was like tons of coke there so they're all involved and and that's very bad brazil is very very corrupted we have very bad politicians and i'm not just saying that the politicians are bad i think the culture it's a little you know it's very altruist the culture is very altruist um so we are taught to think on the other we need to do good for the other we need to do this or that and not think so much on yourself because what really matters is the 
um, common good. If everybody's happy, everybody eats. And, and I don't know what the politicians are doing in Brazil. It's just a mess. And someone emailed me and said, hey, go film in Brazil. I don't know if the person who was being nice or ironic. I, I, I won't. I won't film in Brazil. I have recorded in Brazil. But even to record a day straight in Brazil, you need to ask for permission. So it's very, it's beautiful to go visit. I mean, I love Brazil. I love the food. I love the people. I can't wait to go there. And I'm, I am going there. I decided that I'm going there sooner than I thought since my friend passed away. I went to see my older friends and see my family because we never know when things are just going to, you know, not be there anymore. So, but yeah, I don't plan to live there anymore. Yeah, I don't think I would live there again. So, so a couple of things, I actually pulled up the numbers here. Um, this is gun deaths by homicide per 100,000 people in the population. In the United States, the number is 4.6, and in Brazil, the number is 21. Wait, I, can you tell me again? Out of every 100,000 people in the uh -huh. United States, uh -huh. 4.6 of them die from guns. In the same proportion in Brazil, 21 people die from guns. Yeah. So literally, you know, it's five, six times as high. Yes. Yeah, so it's, um, it's crazy. Like, why here in, here in Seattle, the chance of someone uh, to have a gun, someone will have a gun on them, it's, it's already lower because lots of liberal people here, but then someone that is gonna try to rob you, he's gonna like need to calculate, like, cause it's 50 50, I would say. Hmm, does that person have a gun or not? And then they will so, calculate and then they will try to take advantage of you. So let me throw this at you. This is also a gun statistic. Um, in Brazil, out of 100,000 people, 0 0.5 people, <laughs> so in other words, half of a person will commit suicide with a gun. Out of, yeah. out of 100,000. So basically, one person out of every 200,000 people will commit suicide with a gun in Brazil. Mm -hmm. In the United States, the number is 7.3. 7.3 yeah. to, to a half a person, you know? Yeah. The suicide rate is way higher here and way lower in Brazil. Well, with guns. There with are other guns, ways yeah. to take their life. So Brazilian yeah. people are very creative. We'll figure it out. Well, wow, that's that's extremely high. The homicide rate is extremely high. It is, yeah. It's equal to Colombia, El Salvador, all those Guatemala. Guatemala is twenty nine. Oh my God, Honduras is sixty six. Oh shit! Wow, really crazy. Yeah, and then someone comes and say that. America is bad, it's like, uh, no. You know, I really think, see, I have like super radical ideas sometimes. Uh, you think America's that bad, where do you wanna go? Oh, I wanna go live in Canada. It's a flight, if I was Trump, that's your ticket, but you are never gonna be able to come back. Good luck. And then send this person away, just send. You know? Canada might not want them. 
or the black mad people, all the people like saying that they're kings and whatever from Africa. Oh, Africa is so much better. You want to come back here? You are never allowed to come back again. They do not go to Africa. You just don't come back. Of course, you don't want to go to Africa. Like people are trying to come in here. Whether you know why can you? Can, why? How would you say that this country is so bad when there is thousands of people crossing the desert now to come in here? You know, trying to jump the wall, trying to apply for stuff, staying here over the the time of their visa. Just like I never understood that because, as I told you, like um, I, I had a little, I didn't really like United States, and now I kind of get it. You know, it's a damn good place to live. It's um, if I knew that it was that good, I would probably be trying to jump the watch. Yeah, I mean, there's there's people, there's brown people swimming across the ocean, trying to get here. Yeah, it's, it's like racist shithole that. You know, filled up with patriarchy and oppression. Racist, homophobic, oh, the patriarchy. <clears throat> um, I don't know, racist cops, whatever they want to call. I mean, I think the cops need to be held accountable. But I don't think they're killing because they're racist. You know, they're killing because they have no one to answer for. They kill people there. That's it. It's okay. Let's, let's get to the union. The union is going to take care of us. And then they might if, go and retire. If the cop is racist, then he might kill because he's racist. They might kill. That, probably there are racist cops there. Not saying that they are not, but like I don't think that's the only show if the cops is the thing. Even if you're racist, if you need to pay for a crime that you commit that is not justifiable, then I think you're going to think twice about killing anyone. And that's all that needs to happen. Not just have like a green card, like, yeah, just their skill we see what happens later yeah well i'm sure you've you've seen it the the quality of the citizenry is rather low with regard to knowing history knowing american values knowing knowing constitutional rights yeah and that that's just one level and then you got to get to asserting them or being able to articulate them um so they can't do either. Most people can't do either of those things. Yeah. It's, it's a little crazy. And it's funny because people usually assume that I'm just, I don't know, maybe communist or from the left or whatever they want to assume. And I'm like, um, yeah, sure. I just go with the flow, but it's just craziness. Someone was t- talking to me about Hillary, and I'm like, "Oh, how would be if Hillary had won?" And I'm like, "No, <laughs> that would be bad." People assume you're a leftist because because of what? I think because I'm an immigrant and I'm brown and I'm a Roman, so I must be feminist. I must be um, a Democrat. I must be feminist. I don't know. Yeah. Tense. Turns out I'm not. <laughs> yeah. When, o- when Obama was elected president, um, there was a lot of turmoil at the time in the country, and there was protests all over the country. Um, there was protests in every city. And um, I think this was Occupy Wall Street time. But anyways, Obama was painted as like uh, essentially a, a 
leftists, you know, what, what passes now for a leftist is something totally different than what Obama stood for. Yeah. Well, you, you mean Obama, the president that, that, that time, but had no racism here, that the country was free of racism because he took care of? Yeah. Are you being sarcastic? That Obama solved <laughs> racism? Yeah. Are you mean the president that didn't deport any immigrants? <laughs> didn't deport any illegal immigrants? Yeah. He, oh my that deported the most, the most like number of immigrants, like the highest number of immigrants ever. He started the cage thing to putting kids on cage. Where, I, I, I wonder why he wanted to deport so many immigrants. Yeah, right. Because technically they are better for him. Yeah, he did want to deport a lot of immigrants. That's strange. You wouldn't expect. I don't know. But like he started the putting kids on cage, and it's like uh... <laughs> he continued but... all the horrible um, policies to erode constitutional rights that were carried over from the Bush administration. See, that's what lost me because I voted for Obama in two thousand and eight, and then I'm thinking, okay, two thousand eight, you're the now you're the president. Then these things start to expire. These things that Bush did. Um, things like the Patriot Act or things like the National Defense Authorization Act. And these things start to expire, so they're going to be re-signed or not, right? Mm -hmm. So you'd think a constitutional lawyer wouldn't re-sign um, an act which would erode constitutional freedoms, but instead he just, re he just moves forward in the same way that no, Bush or Clinton or anybody else would. He's just going to sign whatever. It's good for them. Did you know that the presidents keep like, um, receiving their salary until they die? No, I didn't know that. Can you believe that? Because there was a president that was after he was the president and he was the president anymore. He was a homeless. I can't believe which I can remember which one was. So he became a homeless and then someone decided that presidents shouldn't be homeless and we should take care of them. So maybe that's why he wanted to be a president, so he could get money to the rest of his life. So, so you're not a communist. Does that mean that you're also probably not a feminist? Yeah, I'm not. Being there, been there. You've been a feminist Daniel. already? Yes, being a feminist. <laughs> um yeah you know i've 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 also been a feminist so i don't have that much yeah. to say about it I, I don't do those drugs anymore <laughs> yeah it's a pretty toxic ideology yeah uh, if if you're familiar with the the word misandry that's how mm -hmm. i experience feminism and you know if you ever talk to any feminist they tell you the opposite they say oh it's not about hating anyone you know, it's yes, it is about loving uh, women, but it's all but it's about hating women. It's not just about hating men. See, at first I was like, "Oh, damn, this is like about hating men," and I kind of rejected it for, from that. Then I realized even more, it's about hating women. It's about devaluing, you know, femininity and masculinity. It's very bizarre. It's, yeah, it's, it's cancer, like uh, like Milo says, or my. 
that's Milo, right? Who's been saying that for years. Yeah, what's Milo, by the way? I haven't seen him. Milo's yeah. gone. Milo disappeared. I don't know. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he had a, he had a feminism is cancer tour. Yeah. You know, and, uh, that's a pretty abrasive title, but uh, man, it's, it's pretty cancerous. Yeah, no, I think, um, so I, even when I was communist and whatever, I always uh, thought that talking and uh, exchanging ideas was the best way to understand people and to learn from them or to teach them. Not that you get to teach that might sound bad, but like, I think it's exchange experiences that you get to build your own thoughts. And so I always try to talk to people and rationalize like, okay, so let's talk about this. What do you think about that? Explain me your side. And then when I was inside the movement and looking stuff like closer was very like weird because they're not tolerant. They don't want to know about tolerance. So if there was a girl that would say something wrong, oh my goodness, like the girl would like be called all the names, they would shame her. I'm like, that's not about women empowerment. And then what else? If there is a girl that is not their ideology, they will shame the girl. Uh, they would do some protests. Like one thing that got really hard on me, like pee on the floor of public bathrooms um schools or shopping malls or whatever and or poop and then make a mess and then who do they thought will clean that probably another woman you know probably the most oppressive on the movement that they call a black woman so that didn't make sense for me it's not like how i like to live my life i like to be tolerant i like to understand people's thoughts and I just like, okay, I, th I think I'm done with that. It was really weird um, withdrawing for the movement, but I, I could, I was able to see more and more this happening. And some people, and now I try to tell my friends how I feel about it. And they're like, no, it's not about that. Unfortunately, that is always bad people. And I'm like, that's the problem. That's the problem that is always bad people on those movements. And these bad people is gonna make the name of the movement. You don't need to be a feminist to be nice, to be kind, to um, help others if you want to. It shouldn't be a requirement to help others. You should help others if you feel like. Not just because she's a girl or you're a feminist. And then there was also lots of hatred for men. And I mean, you know, I like men. I, I had lots of friends, men friends, um, most of them are gay, though, so I don't know if it counts, but um, I think men have their value, too, and it was just weird to, to be inside that, and now it's, like, really clear that, like, I don't want to be part of that, or, like, so they have, like, some ideas of you, you shouldn't shave, don't shave your armpit, don't shave your legs, and then if you shave, like, oh, but you shave, you're trying to be attractive, you're trying to uh, hide your own self. It's like, uh, maybe I just don't like hair on my armpits. So your individual choice, that's the thing, your individual choice is um, putting on the side and you need to be on this co collectivist. That doesn't make sense. That's what 
also Ayn Rand or Ayn Rand helped me a lot. The collectivism thing doesn't make sense because we're all individuals. So see, I was in a movement that it was totally like, oh, maybe I should be a feminist because I'm, I'm a woman, I'm modern, I care about people, but then maybe not because they're crazy, you know, like, of course, the individuals, but they have too many crazy individuals. They are crazy inside this movement. And I'd rather not. I'd rather be doing better than, than, than that they do than be inside that. And I'm pretty sure I do better. And that's all that I need. Yeah. Um, as a man who's been inside feminist movement and interacted with lots of feminists and lots of male feminists, you can pretty much exist in a feminist movement um, if you have an underdeveloped sense of masculinity. So if, if if your sense of masculinity is a little bit shaky and stuff, then it's kind of then it's kind of good because you can work in a feminist movement because you want to uh, eliminate masculinity. You want to dismantle the patriarchy or whatever. And so you kind of gotta dismantle or reject your own masculinity see the toxicity in your own masculinity now if you're not very masculine to start out with if you're like a super beta male soy type of person feminism is going to be a lot easier to swallow for you but if you start to develop or if you already have developed a strong sense of masculinity strong sense of male value and a, and a female value because like i was saying it really um devalues the uh the the, I guess I would almost say the superiorities or the advantages of being female, the, the true aspects of being female, and things that we're mm-hmm. supposed to sell at, you know. But once you develop any sort of um, strong masculine identity, you can't sit with feminism anymore. And that's why feminism has taken hold so strongly in our country because we're having a crisis of masculinity. And this crisis of masculinity equals a bunch of feminist men, you know, unfortunately. But um, I, my hope is that people go through it and then they they come out the other side, you know, like they move left to right. They move through they they move through feminism, maybe through a sense of justice, and then you know they come out uh, and now they know something about it and they can talk about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think more and more women are like understanding what it is about and living, but unfortunately lots of young girls are being dragged to it. Like as a, I don't know, a freedom type of movement. And my thing is like, you don't need to be in any movement to be doing your part, to be um, exercising your values. And that that should be enough. Don't, don't need to be in a movement. <laughs> I need a microphone right here. Make me seem more official. What? Look into the camera. Look into the camera when you talk. You must look into the camera when you talk. It's hard to, because you are not in the camera. Because even I'm looking at you when you talk, but then when I talk, I'm still looking at you, you know? Yeah. I'm kind of an old lady, you know, on this young body. It's, no, it's fake fake news. 
<laughs> your body's fake news yeah it's fake news it's if it was appropriated to how i think and how i deal with stuff probably i would have a seven years old body so given that you just brought it up fake news do you have any like you know particular thoughts about trump or uh look i didn't like trump at first um i thought even before i started watching stuff like news and then and i just heard like that he was uh xenophobic he didn't like immigrants he was racist he was a bunch of stuff and then i was like oh my gosh i can't like him no bad man bad orange man and then i started watching interviews actually his interviews not just cuts from tv and then I'm like hmm interesting eh, maybe not the bad then i start following him on twitter and he's kind of a troll and i'm kind of a troll so and then he started growing on me and next thing i know i love the dude he's great trump 2020 <laughs> um he's funny he's honest um he doesn't really care about um little stuff that is going to make someone upset he's like he will tell you facts he does have like a kind of um a poor vocabulary i would say so people criticize that but i understand because my vocabulary is very bad so i feel connected <laughs> and i think it's fine i understand i think the most important is communication and he doesn't need to talk oh nice like obama did and just be bullshitting around i'd rather have someone that will talk straightforward and like it is what it is and he's a great man, a great person, a great president, and he's making America great. <laughs> Again. <laughs> so, so basically what you're saying is you've seen a whole bunch of, a bunch of fake news about Trump. You've seen a whole bunch of uh, bad news saying he was a racist and all these different things. And man, then, I have seen so much stuff, it's crazy. Right, but then, you, but then what happened? You started to watch him like long form or you started to yeah, so mostly long form and then i start um so when i say i start watching my husband wants stuff and then i need to watch too and that's good because i get informed and through him i start seeing like stuff oh okay so he didn't say that he said something else they cut this they manipulated that so now it's just like different ways of getting farms because if you just go to one channel that one channel is gonna use their um agenda to inform you not facts not what actually happened they will cut it happened but they will cut they will do exactly what people say that i do on my videos that i cut that why that's why uh, most of my videos i try to do it in full i don't have cuts i just speed it up so people can say that i didn't left anything out but they actually do that to Trump. They will cut little stuff that he said. They might sound bad if it's out of context. And then people believe that. And then that's why they, they think that he's so bad. It's, yeah. It's bad. Yeah, and, it, I mean. Oh, another thing. I'm sorry. But like, I heard some rap songs. And like, if you see like on the past, he will be on TV shows. He will be invited. Everybody loved him. He will be all the... Um, uh, of, in, in rap songs in different music that people play and i'll be like did i say trump and like yeah it's trump i'm like oh man so he was loved and then suddenly 
it's not interesting for people to be um, supporting him anymore because I don't know because it's not their agenda. Yeah, I I pretty much noticed the same thing. You know, I I wasn't a big Trump supporter or Trump advocate. Uh, I looked at Trump critically, but but once you start to see someone being repeatedly smeared over and over again, and pretty much the same thing that happened to you happened to me, I'm hearing all the same shit that you were hearing, that that he's a racist, homophobic, that he hates immigrants and all this. And then, you know, you can actually see, if you, you can actually go and look for yourself, it's right there on the internet. You can watch the, watch like the full press conference, the full meeting or whatever is there. And then you can see, oh my gosh, this is really manipulated. Yeah. But, you know, it pushes you toward supporting Trump because they're, you can see them lying to you so much, you know, and taking things out of context, the, out of context. The grab them by the pussy thing is like the best example that I can think of. Now, while that's not, that's actually a good example with Trump, you know, the grab them by the pussy comment works with Trump because it's sort of a, a locker room thing to say, as, as, mm-hmm. as they say. So it is sort of a thing maybe you shouldn't say, but he says it anyway, and that's totally Trump. But yeah. you know, the way they take it out of context, he's making a comment about the nature of women, and they'd make it seem like it's a sexual assault. Um, yeah. Right? It's yeah. definitely not a invitation or what's what's the word I'm looking for, a uh, attack. Well, it's not a Trump is not trying to. Fuck! Oh, I can't think. I can't think. Advocate. Trump is not uh, trying to advocate for sexual assault in the grab them by the pussy thing. He's saying mm-hmm. let you do it. He's making a comment about women. Not a comment about himself, you know. Although he probably might grab a he probably might grab a handful if he can, if he wants to. But you know, the comment the comment is not advocacy. The comment is just observation. Yeah, and he's saying he's he saying that the women give permission to him to do it because he has lots of money, so they let you. For me, that's like it's not like I will take it. I will do it. It's like, well, they let you. If you let me do something, so I'm gonna do something, you know? If all this money is gonna let me grab you by the pussy and you're gonna let me, so why not? I was gonna say that if I had money, I'd be grabbing pussies around you, but I don't, and I don't like pussy. Don't put this. (laughs) So I don't know if you know anything about MGTOW. I think you probably know a little bit, right? MGTOW. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, MRA men's rights groups and things like that you know this this thing about women being attracted toward money that's one of the things that I that I didn't used to appreciate about femininity I looked at it as a as a negative so I would look at women and I would say oh you know all these women care about is resources and all they want is you know a big house and a car and you know all this things right and i didn't appreciate the fact that you know that they're women and that they're you know as some people say nesters and so they're seeking security and that that's a female quality and that i had devalued the woman i didn't understand the woman you know and i see that same thing reflected in all these 
anti-woman communities, these MGTOW communities and things like this. Yeah, I can see that. Well, men have their values, women have their values. We are different, we are not equals. Everybody's different. So I'm, I'm, I'm at, I'm, I like to think that I do want to have a house, I do want to have stuff, and, but I'm down to work hard for because nothing ever came easily for me. It wasn't like I didn't get handout from the government. I, my parents didn't have money. I came from Brazil with like maybe $200 on my pocket. And, and that's it. I know the things you can build stuff with work, working very hard. And I'm not afraid to work hard and I'm not afraid to build stuff with um, my husband. And I want to do that, so I can see how how it's important. Although I'm probably gonna raise my kids if I have daughters to look um, for men that already have some money, because it makes it easier. <laughs> so doesn't need to be uh, working so hard. And I hope to leave stuff for my kids too, because my parents are not gonna be able to leave stuff for me. I hope to like maybe leave a house for my kids, maybe each of them um, to pay college if they decide to go to college. I hope they make better choices than that or anything, but yeah. Okay, we've reached our time for today. Uh, thank you, Record America, for coming on. You want to add anything to the record? Uh, just want to thank you. I wish you all the luck on this new show. Um, I hope you'll get great guests. I will be watching you. And thank you, for, uh, uh, thank you very much for having me here. <laughs> Appreciate thank it. You. I appreciate the conversation. It was an honor to have you here. Okay, thank you everybody for watching American Surveyor. That's the end of episode one. If you like that at all, go ahead and like, share, subscribe, do all those things. I got some other interviews coming up on the channel. Um, stay tuned, and I'll see you next time. Peace.